Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to the Lucha World Podcast, episode number 123. Fredo Esparza here. And this week we are going to look back at the career of Bobby Lee. Look forward to the Triple Mania lineup coming up on December 12th. Just talk about some of the recent CMLL news, including a wrestler changing his name, a new faction being formed, and... Another tournament happening in CMLL this month in the month of December. Um, that's something we are enjoying. All that you could get, you know, you could get all these these tournaments for a reasonable price on Ticketmaster Live. And you know, it's actually not that bad of a price if you're if you're if you have like twenty bucks, you know, I think it's less than twenty bucks, somewhere in the the fifteen dollar range or so. Um, you know, that's not that bad, but. I think it would be so much better if the quality that they were offering was so much better. It's not so much the price. I think it's the, it's actually the, the the quality of what's actually on the on the shows that's really kind of making it difficult for a lot of people to order those. Um, so we'll be talking about that in a bit. But before that, I should talk about the Lucha World Patreon, which is available on Patreon.com/LuchaWorld. Um, Lucha magazine write-ups. You have. Lucha Classica podcast, the Retro Wrestling podcast, and um, you know, right now there's there's more focus on magazine write-ups, just because I kind of want to get through that as quickly as possible, and it's kind of hard to do the the Lucha Classica or the other podcasts because um, those require research as well. And right now I'm kind of like doing a lot of writing, not just for you know, not just with um, with the Lucha magazine write-ups, but also with the two websites I have. Um, not to mention the the YouTube channels. So there's a lot of work that I'm doing out of that goes beyond the Patreon page. You know, as I as I get through some of the magazines, I think I'll, I'll start doing a little. You'll see a little bit more of a a monthly type of situation with the podcast. Um, but for the time being, the Lucha Classica podcast kind of comes you know every so often. Um, I think the Blue Panther podcast episodes I did I did two in 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 less than six weeks. So um, there was a little bit more of a. a just because that's something that I want to do, and it's there's a little bit more of a there's it's easier to have done that than than you know do someone specific and then it's all there I have to do a lot of research and all that. Um, so you know as we go along, the, it'll kind of like start evening it out as 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 the the weeks, months, years go on. <laughs> you know that's available at the three dollar reward tier. At the five dollar reward tier, you get an added bonus reward, which is um, you get DVDs, ten DVD titles each month. This the month of December. There's actually going to be a, a big, um, a big one. That's a big set that I'm going to put post. Um, that'll be coming up next week. So um, definitely check those out. 
they're, they're, the DVDs are converted to ISO um, files. So you just have to convert them onto, on, you know, you, you get you get a software program that actually converts that and then you're able to um, get DVDs out of it. You could either, you know, burn them onto a DVD or or keep them on, 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 a, on a hard drive in, D, in that DVD format. Or if you want, you could turn them into an MP4 or M, MKV or whatever format you want. Um, you could do that as well. All I'm doing is providing that, which, you know, and you could do whatever you want with them. It's fine with me. So that's something available for the $5 re- reward tier. So, you know, I would say I also have a dollar reward tier where you get a couple of free stuff uh, in that, in that, in, on there, um, including the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Um, I think there's about six, seven podcasts available on that because um, I did put a Lucha Classica podcast available on for, for that as well. That's kind of more of a sampler type of thing if you want to test it out, see if you like it. But like I said, I think if you're a Lucha fan, the $3 reward tier is is your is the one that's really the one you should go for. If and like I said, if you want to be if you're a DVD collector or you want to watch a lot of wrestling shows, not just Lucha Libre, um, but other stuff from Japan and m- mostly from Japan and the and from Mexico, then you go to the $5 reward tier. I mean, for 5 bucks, I mean, that's the, you know, I think I think in, if you've signed up to that, I started in January. So if you signed up from that point to now, 60 bucks you've probably gotten about one you've gotten 120 different dvd titles and you're going to end up getting about maybe like 200 dvds total just because there's a lot of that are 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 two sets or you know they're they're split into sets that's that's kind of like the cool feature out of that as well um anyway just check that out if you really if you're really interested and a lot of it a lot of the money from patreon continues to support the website you know, like I said, even like just writing the the Bobby Lee um, um, bio obit um, that takes up a lot of time, and you know, thanks to the people who so, who support us through Patreon, I'm able to do that, do a lot of um, a lot of um, bios and stuff. So um, that's about it for the for Patreon. We could start talking about Bobby Lee, who passed away on November 26, 2020. Um, real name Carlos Alvarado Gonzalez. He actually goes back. He was born on April 15th, 1950 in Leon, Guanajuato. And he actually started wrestling in 1973 in his hometown of Leon. Um, the, the Bobby Lee look, the mask, um, the gear. Um, he chose green because that actually represents the, the football team in Leon, um, Club Leon. Uh, I, found that, I found that out. on. Uh, he did an interview, actually, and that's where I found out about that. Uh, I know there's. Um, I'm guessing whoever did um, the 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 write up. There's somebody else who did a write up on um, on Bobby Lee recently from from Mex- I think from I think it's it's the 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 newspaper sold ma- um, magazine or newspaper and they talked about that. But that's where I found it before that. So um, Bobby Lee actually did an interview and he talked about where he got that the mask and all that. Um, and he actually used the color for uh, the previous character that he did was El Gallo del Bajío. Um, that was a character he did before um, before he became Bobby Lee. He made his debut as El Impacto on September 14, 1973 in Leon, Guanajuato. Um, then he later on changed his character to what I said, El Gallo del, del Bajío. Um, he later teamed up with Gallo Tapado uh, and changed his name again, but this time not. not instead of dropping the, um, the Gallo, he just dropped the Bajío and became Gallo Tapado dos. They, the, as a tag team, they traveled and worked in Jalisco and then moved to Mexico City where um, um, Bobby Lee at the time 
um, known as Gallo Tapado too, decided to join Promociones Mora, UWA. And that's where he got the Bobby Lee name. Uh, Promociones Mora um, wanted Alvarado to wrestle under a new mask and identity. And at that time, um, Hector Valero, who worked for, uh, who was the ma- magazine editor for Alcon and Combates magazines, he was actually one of the people who would come up with different characters. Um, a lot of the magazine guy, um, editors would come up with characters, as you know, Mil Mascaras was somebody that they came up with, and and other names that, that and so Valero came up with the the Bobby Lee name because at the time Promociones Mora wanted a wrestler using the name Bobby on their roster because they had actually noticed that there were a lot of Bobby Lee, Bobbies from the past in Lucha Libre, like Bobby Are, 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 Areola, Bobby Bonales. Uh, and Bobby Segura, and there was other there were other Bobbies that they would bring up, and so he came up with Bobby Lee. Um, the name itself actually is, comes from um, they registered both Bobby Lee and Robert Lee or Roberto Lee. Um, the The name can, comes from Bruce Lee's brother Robert Lee. That's where they got the name. At least that's what Bobby Lee claims. You know, which I would I would believe to be true just because um, Bruce Lee was such a big star and you know anybody at that time wanted to find a way to connect the the, the Bruce Lee name into something or, or the Bruce Lee persona into um, Lucha Libre as as you see during that time period you also see a lot of the, the karate gimmicks like Kung Fu, Kato Kung Lee, Black Man later on. You have a lot of these wrestlers who kind of get the that character from from really from the from the the popularity of Bruce Lee. You know, Bobby Lee being another one that kind of got that, and you know a lot of people talk about Bobby Lee style. He was he was a high fly, a, a very athletic wrestler. Um, he he was um, technical, um, very athletic, a high flyer. You know, a lot of people talk about his um, his style at that time, and when they came up with the character, I think that was the one thing that he got the ben- the advantage he got was that that Francisco Flores was so motivated to make this a name for the promotion that he decided whatever Bobby Lee was going to want to do, he was going to kind of agree to, or at least give him an opportunity, you know, to, to succeed or fail doing it. And of course, Bobby Lee decided he wanted to face the biggest star possible in Lucha Libre. And he wanted to challenge that man. And of course that be, that was at that time, El Santo, who was the biggest star, you know, at that point in time, El Santo was already a a very, a much older wrestler. I think he was in his, in his late fifties by this point in time. Um, so he was already somebody that was kind of already starting to, I think he might've even been in the sixties, honestly. So, you know, he was kind of already starting to, um, his career was starting to wind down. But one of the things that they wanted to do was they wanted to do, create a star the same way that EMLL had done back when UWA was formed in 1975 and they took all this talent became independent wrestlers and left to work for for Francisco Flores and Promociones Mora that caused EMLL to develop to 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 create their new stars and of course the first guy that they really wanted to make into a, their their next big superstar was Paraguayo and so who was Paraguayo's big opponent of course that was El Santo so a lot of the the what they did was they modeled very similarly to what, what happened with Paraguayo. Um, obviously, you can't you can't follow it, you know, all exactly because Paraguayo by that point in time in 1975 was already a big name in, in Guadalajara and was already going to be a big star in, in Mexico City with or without a Santo. He was going to be a big star. Um, but just the fact that 
he got to work with Santo that kind of catapulted him into the next um, stratosphere of Lucha Libre stars um, a lot quicker than he probably would have. And um, it kind of made him into this huge legend, this huge star already, who was still in his prime at that point in time. That was kind of what they want to do with Bobby Lee. So Bobby Lee gets some... Um, you know, the first thing they do, obviously, they send him around, you know, to get him uh, um, some experience under the character and to do, to build him up with the fans. So they send him to Guadalajara. Then they send him to, to Chihuahua. Ciudad Juarez really is where he ends up becoming um, the, the, the star, um, starts teaming up with Flama Roja, and who was a huge star in Juarez in the 70s and 80s. Um, so he ends up getting that the huge mask match win over Los Tigres del Ring. Then that follows up um, him going to, um, you know, the, the main home base of, of, of UWA wrestling in, in, in the state of Mexico or in Mexico City as well. So, um, of course, he challenges El Santo and he didn't just challenge El Santo. He was very, very um, pretty much a trash talker, um, just trashing him, calling him La Momia de Plata saying that El Santo was too old. He also took shots to a lot of the older wrestlers as well, like Blue Demon um, and, you know, wh whoever else was, you know, Karloff Lagar or anybody else who was kind of an older wrestler, he was going to trash them. But he focused more on El Santo. The first thing that, the first big, so he wins the big mass tag match. The first thing he does now being in, in Mexico State or Mex Mexico City is he has this, um, he gets the shot at um, Solar for the UWA World Welterweight title, which he wins. On July 16th, 1978, at the Plaza de Toros. This was in Monterrey, though. Um, that was another one of their um, their big venues, Monterrey. And it, you know, that's kind of like the big deal. If you if you if you win a big match in Monterrey, Mexico City, Mex around the surrounding area of Mexico City, Mexico State, or in, in Tijuana, that basically starts building you up. Um, he wins that that big title match. You know, Solar at that point in time was already a really excellent wrestler. So, so that 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 kind of tells you that the value of that match, and so he wins that title and he continues to trash El Santo publicly. El Santo's response was always just Bobby Who. Um, he didn't know who he you know kind of like playing it up, up like you know I've never heard of this young you know this punk um, calling me out, and so magazines started calling that the possibility of a big mass match between these two as el dia del juicio final the day of the final judgment um so they were kind of already building it up on in the magazines so he wins that match so then that follows up with another big mass match where he teams up with viano tercero to beat los escorpiones one and two for their mask on august 13th 1978 los escorpiones unmasked as benny romero and Raul Reyes. Raul Reyes was a, a veteran, a, 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 a top uh, star in Lucha Libre at that point in time. So, you know, he gets a big win over those guys. After beating Los Escorpiones, he continues to trash, you know, Bobby Lee continues to trash El Santo. And, you know, this continues to build up their feud. And El Santo finally agrees to a, ma to a match, but he wants it to be for the UWA World Welterweight title. And during that, he, said, he, he tells Bobby Lee that if he wins that match then it's over he doesn't have to have a mass match but if bobby lee is able to retain that that title they will have a match and of course bobby lee ends up winning and after the match el santo agrees to the mask versus mass match the 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 the, the
the the big mass match happens on September third, nineteen seventy eight. This really only happened. You know, the cool thing about this is like Bobby Lee's um, run was from July all the way through September. So you're talking about um, three month a three month period where he was just having a bunch of you know big matches. That kind of tells you how big how big this was. So the big mass match happens on September third, nineteen seventy eight, at the Palacio de los Deportes, and El Santo defeats Bobby Lee. In the mass match, revealing, of course, for the first time, the face of Carlos Alvarado Gonzalez. Um, there was a controversial finish where um, El Santo applies the camel clutch on Bobby Lee, but Bobby Lee's one of Bobby Lee's legs. It's kind of underneath the 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 bottom rope, so there's people who think that he didn't actually lose because he that that should have led to a break, but the referee didn't see it. And so, and Bobby Lee kind of didn't complain about it. Um, he did complain about it, but it wasn't this um, like he was going to accept that he lost. So he dropped the match. But because of the, the the way it ended, the controversial finish where he kind of thought that it should have the match should have continued, that led to the big mask versus hair match, where you know Bobby Lee ends up losing again. And this happened on September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight, again in the Palacio de los Deportes. And Bobby Lee, only this time, Bobby Lee loses because he gets disqualified for refusing to break a submission hold on El Santo. So that that pretty much was the big thing, and they actually continued. They took this feud throughout the circuit, the Promociones Mora circuit. So you're going to get that, you know, that match in in Monterrey, in in Juarez, and in in, in, in in Tijuana, all these different places. So that became the the the, the big thing throughout 1978. At the same time, uh, Bobby Lee was still the UWA World Welterweight Champion, and he actually held that throughout the the year. Um, he held it cl- almost to a year where he actually had successful title defenses against El Santo, Brazo de Oro, Solar, Estrella Blanca, Lobo Rubio, and Gran Amara. Um, that's a pretty freaking group, good crew group of um, challengers, um, honestly, because you have Lobo Rubio, who is really one of those um, guys who was, was just being being groomed as a next superstar um there's one of the upcoming Ma- lucha magazine write-ups i'll be will be focusing on on him and signals rise in uwa which i think they're i think the magazine's from 1970 yeah it actually is from that time period um 78 because that's where i actually got some of the information for for one of the one of the stories and then um there's also Estrella blanca who was a i one of the he was somebody who was already getting a lot of raves early in his career so he, you know, at this point in time, he was already an established wrestler that was really, really um, um, a well-respected wrestler um, star. Um, Brasso de Oro, another one, barely starting out, a young up-and-coming wrestler that, you know, at a very young age was very. Um, they were talked talked about as as a promising uh, future superstar in lucha libre. Bobby Lee would eventually lose his title to El Signo on June 24, 1979 in Tijuana. He did win a couple of hair matches afterwards, um, but really by that point, he was already, you know, once you became a, you, you become a star, uh, you kind of just work, you're kind of grouped in with everybody else's kind of like a star um every so often somebody else somebody will get a big push you know but you know it's kind of like you see the system like in wrestling where where once you're a star you you stick you kind of stay at the top the thing with uwa is that their their lineups were so loaded that you could be a you could be somebody like like solitario and you might actually work an opening match because the main event has like connect versus 
Ricky Choshu and you know then you might have like Paraguayo versus Fishman on the undercard and then like a, a, a Misioneros versus you know Viano's match and then like the women in between somewhere mixed in there but sometimes you would get like Doral Dixon working an opening match that 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 kind of tells you how deep um, UWA's roster was especially when they were doing five match lineups for for the Palacio de los Deportes or El Toreo um, they were really going to have like this. So so even if you were working an opening match, you were still somebody who was very valuable in the promotion. Um, they had different tiers where, where got the younger guys who maybe were getting experience or weren't like the big stars, they would work the independent shows that, that you know, that that, that were kind of like the, the the group. They would have like the, maybe like the Viano 3, Signo, um, younger guys working the main events on those cards and then they would like have some other guys that would work the undercard afterwards um, but yeah that pretty much he was pretty much a star by that from that point forward um, he did in 1981 go to um, New Japan Pro Wrestling and one of the things I didn't mention on, on my obit is that and, and but Dave Meltzer mentioned it in, on, on the, on, in his For the Observer um, newsletter was that he did work um, California, Los Angeles um, a lot of the guys when they would work New Japan or worked in Mexico, they would actually end up staying in in California for a while. In Los Angeles, they would work a couple of shows there, and then they would travel to um to Japan or vice versa. They were coming in from Japan, they would wrestle a match in 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 the United States, then go over to to, to Mexico. So he got to do that. But um, in New Japan, um, it was said that it was said he was asked to wrestle in Japan at the request of Tiger Mask who um, recalled seeing him wrestle in Mexico. Uh, Tiger Mask was at that time wrestling in in Mexico as Satoru Sayama in the late 70s. And he actually got to work a lot of guys, like a lot of the, the bigger names in, in Mexico at that point in time. Before, and he worked Mexico, then he went to England, and then he went to Japan and became Tiger Mask and became this huge sensation. Um, so, you know, he was somebody that, that, um, that Tiger Mask requested and um, the thing was that New Japan wanted him to be masked. So um, they wanted him to wear the same mask that he lost to El Santo, uh, which was the Bobby Lee mask. And But they changed the name. They changed it to the Masked Hurricane. So he wrestled as that in, in Japan for a bit and actually lost that mask to Tiger Mask on October 8th, 1981 in Tokyo, Japan. There was some talk that Francisco Flores wasn't very pleased with what Bobby Lee did where he wore the mask again. And so that leads to the the story of um of how he retired. There's actually rumors that he was there was a shoot between him and Viano one at a gym owned by Felipe Ham Lee. And that from the shoot, that's where he suffered the injury and just couldn't continue wrestling. Uh, Bobby Lee didn't mention anything about it being a shoot. It could have been that, you know, where they actually had a you know, because you know you train in that it's it's hard to describe because a lot of times people think shoot. Um, is somebody actually getting into a real fight and stuff? But it, a shoot can be them just being a, a legitimate wrestling, um, not you know lucha libre, but actually being wrestling, you know, um, Greco-Roman or amateur wrestling, and you know him maybe suffering an injury like that. But what he said was, what happened was that he landed on his on on the on his back on the floor uh, from a bump that from Viano Primero. That actually hurt his um. It actually hurt his hip and several vertebrae on his back, and pretty much from that point forward, he was dealing with pain. 
Um, I think he continued wrestling on and off for a while afterwards. Um, he was actually the referee, um, one of the referees for um, Santos' last match at El Torreo de Cuatro Caminos on September 12, 1982. Kind of like connecting everybody who was a big part of El Santos' you know, career towards the end that was part of UWA at that time. Because, um, you know, you had, of course, the Misioneros and Paraguayo as the opponents. And then you had um, Santo teaming up with Solitario, um, Gory Guerrero, and um, I think Huracan Ramirez was the other one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, pretty much that. That was his, um, I would say, early 80s was when his career kind of came to an end. And he kind of went from being a pro wrestler. He started um, promoting in Leon, in Leon, Guanajuato, his home. And um, he also worked for the commission in that in that area as well. Um, he actually was the local promoter for AAA at the Domo de la Feria. And you know, late, later on, he actually had a he actually had a hair ma- a three way hair match with Tirantes and Copete Salazar. Uh, I'm trying to remember if that was like Tirantes is. Um, well, actually, that would be um, if it was in if it was in. I can't remember if that was in Leon. If it was in Leon, it was definitely Bobby Lee promoting it. And if it was in Hal- in Jalapa, I'm guessing it was um, Tirantes promoting it. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing. Like with Bobby Lee, there was also the story. Um, I didn't put this in my bio just because I found it kind of. I couldn't find where that story came from, but um, Dave Meltzer posted it where um, he said that a lot of WWE wrestlers, when they were on a tour, um, were taking pictures with Bobby Lee. Well, they were doing a tour in Mexico. I think they were in Leon that time, and Bobby Lee was there, and they were taking pictures with him, and John Cena was like, was wondering who that everyone was who was the guy that everyone was t- taking pictures with and everybody got upset at him and tr- supposedly Triple H told him that that was Bobby Lee and he wrestled in, in in New Japan Pro Wrestling against Tiger Mask and all these other wrestlers and I kind of I kind of thought that was kind of ridiculous to be- like I found that hard to believe um it's possible but I don't think I would scold John Cena for not knowing who Bobby Lee is um honestly I think there's certain like especially when you've met a lot of these wrestlers and they don't even know who like I've met so many wrestlers that don't even know who like guys who are huge stars at certain periods and they don't even know who they were um you get that a lot from luchadors where they don't know who um like they have no idea like who a lot of the American wrestlers are um they might know who like you know whoever the big star is from their time period they might know who that is or if they've been on shows with them they might know who they are but like they're not gonna know like I doubt like I doubt Blue Panther would even know who CM Punk is, honestly, or somebody like that. I don't think that, they, like, like when Daniel Bryan was talking about Blue Panther, I, I doubt Blue Panther knew who, who Daniel Bryan was. Um, I'm sure he, when he found out the, that he was somebody that was a big fan of his, um, I'm pretty sure Blue Panther maybe looked up, you know, his kids probably looked up a video of him and showed him, hey, look, at this is the guy that said, that said he, you were his favorite wrestler, his favorite luchador. And Blue Panther was like, oh, cool, he's a good wrestler and what. But I doubt they're like, they don't have, they don't put too much thought into this stuff. So the, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't really buy that story completely. Um, it's possible it happened, but it's like, you know, it happens all the time. Like, even when you go like, like I've been to wrestle, I, I've been to wrestle reunions and, and Cauliflower Alley Club and all these different places. And I don't know who some of these, these older wrestlers are, especially if, if they don't, if it's somebody that, you know, just has a very, just a name, just a regular name. It, it takes me a while to process that. Oh yeah, I know who that guy is. He was he wrestled for so and so and or stuff like that. But if it's like, I and I'm somebody who watches a lot of wrestling and been around watching wrestling a lot. Um, it's very different for a lot of these guys because they are not. Everybody watches certain types of wrestling and are into that. 
And then you have some guys who, once they become wrestlers, they don't really have the time to watch, you know, a lot of the current wrestling or the wrestling that's going on during their time, during their their peak periods. So they're not going to know all that stuff. So I don't really, I mean, it's possible it happened. I find it a little bit um, <laughs> questionable, dubious, a, a dubious story. And and even if John Cena didn't know who who Bobby Lee is, maybe now he'll he'll know who it is. So yeah, that's that's it for the for as far as um. Bobby and like I said, Bobby Lee's very still much still remembered nowadays. Um, still considered somebody that 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 is still remembered. And like I said, that was the really the his run in 1978. Uh, you know, it earned him the moniker La Bestia del 78, the Beast of 1978, um, just because of how great of a year that was. And people talk about it, it being so amazing. And you do get that from a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers, um, where you 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 know, especially in lucha, where where there's there's so much more of a romantic romanticizing um certain eras and and what somebody did that you hear like the the, the way they express themselves about what they did during that time period is is it comes across like like you're like wow this is more of like a like a legend legendary type of um story more than pro wrestling itself and whereas in pro wrestling you you don't you know when you start talking about somebody's career it's like everybody's like how many what was the attendance for this for how many people drew did he draw and what was his the quality of his matches and stuff like that i think there's so much focus in that whereas a lucha libre it's like you have this more of a you know superhero kind of feel to to the wrestlers and i think that's cool so now we are going to talk about the upcoming triple mania um, it is happening on december 12th it will be streamed live on Facebook and on YouTube. I think obviously YouTube on the AAA YouTube channel and on Facebook. I think it's the, I don't think it's, I, I know I saw the auto luchas and I've seen some of the other shows on, 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 um, on Facebook, but I don't know if it's actually, um, if it's, I think it's just Facebook live or something that they, they stream it live. I don't think it's necessarily going through the AAA account. Um, I'm not really sure, but um, you'll find it on AAA. They'll have it linked on their, on their account anyways. But th- that'll be airing. Um, it'll be on, a, a, obviously, like I said, it will be on December 12th, which is on a Saturday. And it'll air 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. There will be no English commentary for this show. but I, but And there will be no fans attending this show, unfortunately, because of this freaking pandemic that has continued on. Um, hopefully, by this time, <laughs> in, in, in a few months... Um, hopefully in a few months this will, will be over with this which I doubt I do kind of believe like this we're going off topic we're going to talk about the pandemic briefly um, I do believe that this is probably going to go on through at least June uh, unfortunately maybe the earliest is April May but I'm thinking we're going to we're in this for the long haul up until June July and you know worse yet is I don't even know if like I think I think the the, the countries that are that are more um, like the United States, England, that have a little bit more of um, money and can afford to get the, the the vaccine. I think we're gonna probably get through this a little bit quicker. It's gonna be harder. I don't know if like like countries like Mexico and and all of these other countries that are that aren't as um, I don't know. Maybe it's probably gonna take them a little longer. Um, I have a weird feeling that I think Mexico is probably gonna be a little longer. But I, I was reading this article where it said that. In order for her, there to be herd immunity, there has to be seventy percent of the population that gets it, the vaccine, and 
and it can't just be in one area it actually has to be across the board like not just the united states it has to be the entire world like 70 percent across the world so that it'll it'll actually stop so maybe if mexico can't get the vaccine quick enough they might actually ask for those of you that are are vaccinated to travel to mexico to to start the herd immunity down there a little sooner <laughs> that's the only way i could think about it but um but yeah i i can't wait for this to be over with because i really miss going to lucha shows even like the local lucha shows I, I miss going to that i'm excited about this triple mania just because cml has done nothing to make me want to watch their shows i watched the anniversary show and I thought it was a good anniversary show, but that had Titan versus Soberano Jr. And that, that was an amazing match. But then these other shows, like the, as soon as the lineup came out, nothing, nothing on them made me want to watch them. I mean, I don't care about trios matches. If it's the same trios going at it again, I have no interest in watching NGD versus the, you know, whoever the random technical trio is going to be or Sky Team versus versus girls that's not going to make me want to watch this stuff i want to see some new stuff i don't want to see and i don't want to see okamura versus and dark Ain dark magic and and evangelist trio i pay five bucks to watch that crap you know i'm not gonna pay for that and that's the cool thing about triple a um i would pay for this triple mania i don't know like i think but you know i think it would make from a finance from, from if they wanted to make money it would make sense to do that but at the same time triple triple a putting it up free is going to make people talk about it like if you look at cmll when they because they're charging money and they're charging five bucks or so or 10 or 15 or whatever they're, they're charging they're not getting any like there's no talk about those their shows like not even like the minimal stuff that we used to talk about on friday shows when we used to watch the crappy friday shows earlier in the year um there's not even that talk like you might get the Cubs fan talking about it and maybe one or two other people, but it's not the same thing as it was like 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 when when before the pandemic. Even the anniversary show there wasn't and this happens every year when they do the anniversary and they're they're charging you for it. People aren't really talking about it. And with AAA, um, they're doing it and whatever they can make off of YouTube or 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 whatever they're gonna like whatever they're making off of YouTube advertising wise it's worth it for them honestly to do this to put it up for free because it's they're going to do that and then whatever the their sponsors will pay throw in an, some money um it might not be worth that to them if it was if, if they were like this huge company and like they were actually getting a lot of um a lot of you know orders you know people subscribing and purchasing it i don't know i i, I don't think i don't think there's a lot of people that are ordering lucha pay-per-views to be honest with you just because i don't think that i don't I think anybody who's ordered Lucha pay-per-views will tell you about the history of how bad they have been in terms of um, technical issues and how bad the customer service is from the, the companies that they've actually used. So maybe it makes more sense just to put it up for free. If it doesn't work, people can't complain about it. They'll still complain about it, but like you're going to be like, it's free. And second of all, it being on Facebook Live and on, on YouTube, it's going to reach a, a far larger audience. And, you know, down the road, if you actually want to start doing something where you're going to start charging people, then you could do that once once it becomes a, a, something that makes that's a little more practical for the for you to do. Um, for the time being, I just don't see like there's no real reason to do it, especially with CML. I don't like CML. Like, like if you think what you're paying is going to go to the talent, odds are that's not even going to go to the talent because it's not they're not even making that much money off of it. Um, and even if it is. 
it's not going to be this big t- money maker. To me, I think I think honestly, that's the, that's the way you have to do it for, because they're not AAA. I could see doing the charging people because they become a far bigger. Um, you just look at the numbers. Go on their Twitter account, their YouTube channel, all these things. They have way more um, followers, um, subscribers. They have, you know, it, it's it's far more. It's far more. Um, they have a larger audience. Whereas CMLL doesn't, and I don't know, like to me, I think CML has to look at it more as we got to build an audience, build it back up, and then we could probably get back into trying to do pay-per-views and all that. Because I mean, if C- if AAA is not doing it, that tells you how it's not even, um, it's not even, uh, it makes no point, re- no sense to do it right now. So AAA's show is actually a seven-match show. They actually announced, I think, three matches prior to this. We knew of at least three of them prior to this. I think maybe even like two of them, like months in advance. Uh, but since they kept changing the dates and stuff, it, it became a little bit um, it became a little harder to believe that it was going to happen. But AAA uh, pulled it off. Hopefully, it does happen. I think it will. I mean, it's going to happen in Arena Ciudad de Mexico. And like I said, there's no they're they're not going to have any fans in attendance, so they're going to follow the guidelines that are, um, you know, the government has for for how to handle um a show during a pandemic and you know they announced seven matches and those seven matches will be um the opening match will be maximo mr iguana and nino hamburguesa versus poder del norte which is carta brava jr mochocota jr and tito santana the second match will be lucha brothers defending the triple a world tag team titles against mysticies jr and octagon jr and Rey Scorpion and Tejano Jr., uh, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Um, this this should be a good. I mean, these first two matches are 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 are, are already <laughs> better than anything you're going to get in CMLL for the most part. That doesn't involve Titan or Sobrano Jr. Um, the third match is Copa Triple Mania. Only this time it is femenil. It is a women's a women's match, and it isn't thirty or forty women. It is only six women in this match it is fabi apache versus lady maravilla versus chica tormenta versus lady shani versus la yedra versus hades hades or hades i I can't remember how they pronounced it for her it's been a while since i I know i I, it's been a while since i've seen her like she popped up on on the auto lucha shows um but she hasn't been she hasn't been that frequent and she's really good too um but they they shortened it i think that's going to help this concept I think hopefully if they if they keep it, I hope they realize that this is the better way to do it. If they do another Copa Triple Mania next year and they do it with men, I hope they stick with this where it's instead of having 30, 40, or 20 or whatever, uh, a large number of, of wrestlers in Copa Triple Mania stick to just six. Unfortunately, this is AAA and I'm pretty sure that because they're only doing this because of the pandemic and don't have like more, they can't really have more people on the show. Um, that's really what's holding them back. But I think this is something they should really do. You can't really, ha- I, I personally don't see the point in having so many wrestlers on the show because you, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Um, you're going to hurt feelings no matter what, honestly. Um, the fourth match will be the reunited Los Psycho Circus. Psycho Clown, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown versus Blue Demon Jr., L.A. Park, and Hijo de L.A. Park. Um, apparently, uh, on Conan's podcast, and I only know this via Lucha Blog's uh, most recent post, there is going to be an angle shown, I guess, on one of the TVs where they talk about um, this how L.A. Park picked his partners because it was initially going to be the Ingobernables. 
but um, Roosh and Bestia will not be available. Uh, Roosh will be in Ring of Honor during this time, and I, obviously Bestia is going to probably follow him over there, or he's probably they probably figured why have Bestia on there anyways. So um, what the story is, um, Ali Park and Conan worked out a deal where each got to pick a partner. Ali Park picked his his son Hijo de Ali Park, and Conan picked Blue Demon Jr. Of course, Blue Demon Jr. has been feuding with. Um, not feuding, but he kind of was going to start. That was the direction they were going to go with having a feud with the Ingobernables or have some heat with them or something. Um, they never got around to doing that because of the whole pandemic. Um, so that's the, the fourth match. The fifth match is the Mar the match featuring Marvel characters, and that will be Ar Arcano. I think it's Ar Ar Arachno, isn't it? I think it's Arachno. And Leyenda Americana versus Terror Pur Purpura and Venenoid. Um, yeah, I think the, I think it's Arachno. I, I wrote it wrong on my, on my notes. Um, but yeah, that's the match. Nobody knows who these guys are. I'm sure they're AAA guys and it being Marvel, I'm guessing these guys are going to be very athletic wrestlers. I wouldn't be shocked if it's guys that are, are already like in the promotion who showed up previously. Um, who knows, but it should be interesting. I would expect that to be a good match. Um, the sixth match will be Kenny Omega defending the AAA World Mega Heavyweight title against Loretto Kid, And the seventh match will be Pagano versus Chessman in a hair match. And I think Pagano versus Chessman has been a feud that has been building up for well over a year, I believe. Um, so that is something that's really... Um, the, the card itself is... And of course, it being Pagano and Chessman, you know that there's going to be a lot of weapons used and a lot of tables broken fire um, who knows what else is going to be chairs ladders um, everything is going to be used and they're going to get to do that and i think that's why obviously why they did that as a main event um, i know people said that 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 i made a joke about oh kenny omega uh, is working underneath um, these two the, the two clowns uh, but honestly i think for the most part if you follow lucha libre they usually do the title match always underneath there's never it's usually not the main event they usually kind of put it like you see cml like they'll have like the the if it's like the the volador jr defending a, a, the welterweight title it's always like the the semi-main event then they have the main event like a trios match to kind of just quickly get get it get you know that's kind of like okay we're just gonna have this match to end the, the show but the card itself looks really good um i think you have a sh shot at having three to four great matches on here um with the possibility of all seven matches maybe being good um just because i think the opener but you could put poder del norte against me and two random dudes from the streets and they'll probably have a really great match because they'll just beat the shit out of us so um and you'll be entertained by it um so i think i think that and you know you're getting mr iguana who's who's, who's super over um maximo also maximo when he's not doing a lot of the when he's motivated and then you have Nino Hamburguesa and I'm sure these guys you know the fact that this is Maximo hasn't been working as much I'm sure and this being Triple Mania I'm sure he's going to be very much motivated um, so this should be a, a fun match um, the, the three-way with the tag teams uh, you ne you cannot go wrong with those guys um, Lucha Brothers Mysticis Jr. Octagon Jr. and Rey Scorpion Tejano Jr. Those guys are going to be, you know, that you know that match is going to be outstanding. And then the women, I mean, you basically picked six excellent women. Um, 
it's amazing how, how I think the only one I'm kind of curious how Chica Tormenta is going to do I think I think she was out for a while so um, but I mean honestly even if she's at 50% she's still way better than most women so so I, I and, and you know in a, in a six way match um, I don't think that's that's going to be a big issue um, Copa Triple Mania Feminil I already think this is going to be the best Copa Triple Mania by, by a lot like it's going to be like at, at the you know when, when Ultima Girl does the Otro Nivel where he's like really high at a high level that's pretty much what what that's going to be and then like 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 every other triple main it's going to be like at the very bottom like we're just going to remember how how, how awful those 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 um copa triple mains were but this one's going to be excellent um i do hope that like i said i do hope this is something that that triple a looks at and says you know when we do copa triple mania let's not have so many people let's make it limited to at least under 10 people um, actually like yeah like if they, you want to do 10 and then do a elimination match that would be fantastic i think that would work even better there's no there's no um problem with that especially with triple a i mean you're not like if you're gonna have one week a, a guy in the, uh, on that he the other guys can cover up for that um i think the psycho circus match should be excellent as well because you have alley park and psycho clown in it and um and it, you know it's going to be a brawl the mystery match will be that marvel characters match um, I think it'll be good just because, like I said, I don't think I don't think AAA or or Marvel are gonna want to have it be like, you know, guys who are, you know, it might be something that if you're not into like high flying, you might not like like it. Um, but I mean, if it's that, I mean, it's way better than anything else you're gonna. It's it's better than what we normally get from CMLL. Um, and then, like I said, Kenny Omega versus Little Kid that should be an excellent match. Um, I think I think Loretto Kid is gonna pour his heart out on, in this just because you know he you know his his father passed away and he's had a lot of um a lot of things happen in the last year or so that unfortunate things that have happened to him so you know I think this is something that I think he's gonna want to like he's gonna want to make use this as an opportunity to make his name um, he was like had had he not gone to that. I really think if he had not gone into that that island show or whatever that thing is, um, I think he probably would have been AEW. I think they probably would have brought him along with um, Phoenix and and Penta. I think it would have been them three that would have been regulars, because uh, we haven't seen any other luchadors. But I think they would have added at least one more, and I think he would have been the one that they would have taken. Um, and then like the main event, Pagano versus Chessman, that should be a good hair match. Um, the, the, it's it's it, worst case you're gonna have a spectacle that you're watching. Um, and that's far more entertaining than a lot of the stuff that you're you're gonna normally see. So I, I think it's gonna be a fun show. Um, should be should be a should be something that 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 we'll all enjoy. And you know, and it's gonna be free too. So I mean, we can't really complain about it, honestly. Um, I'll probably be watching it on the YouTube um, channel if it's on there, because I, I actually Facebook Live is like I I don't like the. You know, like on Facebook Live, the thing I don't like is that those little like emojis that pop up. I can't stand that. And every single time I sign up, I watch something on there. I always have to remember how to remove that stuff because it takes and it takes me a while to remember. But um, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I don't mind. I watched the, I watched one a couple of their shows that they've done on the the. I think I watched the, one of the Auto Lucha shows that they put on, up on there, like just part of it on there. But then for the most part, it's you know I haven't had that many issues on that. And like I said, it's going to be a fun show. So now we get to CMLL. And I know all of you guys have been enjoying watching CMLL all these weeks uh, whenever they have a, a, a pay-per-view. 
or, or those those thrilling um, no fans attending TV tapings that they have that they've been posting that you I'm sure you've seen CML post and also Cubs fan has been recording a couple of those shows and who does not want to watch Cholo versus um, searches for random technical in a match or, or you know the trio of Dark Magic Okumura and Vangelis versus random trio of, of technicos who doesn't want to watch all of that stuff or who doesn't want to watch a, a, a repeated a match we've already seen thousands of times and you know to be fair I do think uh, Ray Cometa uh, has really been one of the stars of um, of this pandemic for CML he's been somebody that's really done um, other than that botch in the anniversary I mean I kind of wish if that hadn't happened he could have moved up a little higher but I think that kind of like I think that kind of hurt him and it you know, but he's still he's still giving it his all, and he's doing re- really well. Um, so, the big thing with CMLL was the November twenty seventh Leyenda de Azul show. Um, I don't think a lot of people watched that show, unfortunately, because CML continues with these these ideas of having tournaments. Um, but there was a four match show, and the opener was Princesa Suhei beating Reina Isis. Um, the second match was Felino and Tiger beating Blue Panther and Black Panther. Um, Tiger got the win over Blue Panther, and he actually also pinned Black Panther during the match. Uh, Felino then praised them, and then we got this whole story of um, um, Felino kind of wanting Tiger to become Felino Jr. Um, we'll talk about that. In, in, well, actually, I should talk about it now because I, we'll just go because a lot of what's happened with CML, you could kind of connect to these matches. So they come up on the following CML Informa. And Felino starts talking about how he wants somebody to continue the legacy of Felino. And he kind of doesn't want just some random guy to randomly show up and start wrestling as Felino Jr. So he then asks Tiger if he's willing to take on the name of Felino and, and become Felino Jr. Tiger accepted. So now he is going to be Felino Jr. I think this would be something that could have been a big deal if he had done it back when he was with um, TRT and was a little higher on the card. Um, now, I'm not really sure because now even Felino's kind of lower on the card. But um, Felino Jr., um, if it's able to get him at least one spot higher, then it's probably worth it. Um, but honestly, like right now, he's really just, a you know, once the show's... I think it's going to be interesting when, when CML restarts, when there's normalcy... I really am curious to see what CML is going to look like because um, they've kind of held back on, on debuting some of their guys. They're basically going to debut. Um, there's right now for sure they were going to debut um, Gemelos Diablos, the new version of Gemelos Diablos. Um, I think they were going to debut, God, I can't remember, uh, Mascarena Los Mil Jr. And there was somebody else, I think Cachorro was going to, um, Blue Panther's youngest son was also going to debut around this this year as well. So there is those three, and then there's also Efesto's son, who's supposedly going to wrestle as as Panterita del Ring, hijo del Panterita del Ring or Panterita del Ring Jr. Um, so there's already plans for at least uh, four or five new faces to join CML's roster, which they very much need because if you're watching these shows, you see how thin it is. My goodness, we are getting a trio built around Dark Magic, Okumura, and Vangelis. Is this the third time I've mentioned this, or the fourth time? Um, that tells you how bad CML is. And they're not even like in the second match. They're like the third match uh, on cards When if you think about the way the placement's going to be. Um, so so they need a lot of new talent. 
but I, I, I'm curious to see if Felino Jr. is Tiger as Felino Jr. is going to move up to like semi-main event status or mix it in with those guys um, because he's a way better te- um, Rudo than most of the guys that are ahead of him. Uh, I would much rather see because right now where he's at as a Rudo, he gets grouped with Okumura. Uh, you know, he's more if he's not with with Felino or Nero Casas, he's with Okumura. Um, Vangelis and all those guys, Mysterioso Jr. And he should be higher on the on the on the pecking order. Um, same thing with like Virus and the Cancer Barrels. They should be higher on the pecking order also. But you know, they're kind of all grouped together and they kind of it kind of makes makes it kind of impossible to get out of that group. Um Felino Jr. Maybe as Felino Jr. it helps him move up. I don't know. Um it's funny because I was seeing um I was reading the the comments while I was watching Informa and there were a bunch of people that were saying that that Puma King was the one that career became stagnant. And honestly, that's not even true because if what's really kind of hurt Puma King right now is the whole pandemic. Um, prior to the pandemic, the guy was traveling, wrestling in the United States, um, wrestling in Japan for DDT. So, you know, and wrestling in AAA and all the, on independence in the, in Mexico. So he's actually done a lot better than, than, um, than, than, than Tiger has. Tiger's as Tiger has really been just stuck in second, third match on the card. Um, and maybe this this will help him move up. And I think also what what kind of hurts Tiger is that he's a nice guy. Um, we see that that same thing happens with Blue Panther and his kids. The, the fact that you're a nice guy, it kind of like hurts you because like how many times have we seen like somebody no shows an opening match and Tiger will work the opening match. He did that a couple of times. I remember him doing that like once. And I, and and you know you can't or 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 if they need a commentator, he's one of the guys who actually goes goes and does it. And they kind of like don't include you like on a on an anniversary show because they want you to do commentary so it kind of hurts you that way um unless they're getting paid a lot more for doing commentary i guess but um hopefully now that him as felino jr he moves up honestly because a really nice guy i do i do think he's a he's a good guy um and he's got talent i think he's good uh, i don't think he's really i think one of the problems that you get with a lot of cmll guys is that they get so stagnant in where they're at that they you start they kind of become very repetitive and you kind of just see the same thing over and over again that it kind of kills kills them off and they kind of just stick to the same stuff because they're not really being tested by anybody new or getting the opportunity to move up. Um, so hopefully he does. Uh, hopefully this helps him. Um, worst case scenario, he teams up with Felino and, Ty- and Nero Casas as the Casas family and they move up, move him up to the fourth and fifth matches. I think that would help him a lot more than than hurt him. The third match on the Leyenda Azul show was actually Angel de Oro beating Diamante Azul to win the Torneo de Leyenda de Azul um, Torneo Cibernético. Um, the order of elimination for that was Efesto going out first, then followed by Cranio, Blue Panther Jr., Vangelis, Ray Bucanero, Jeremiah Jr., Stuka Jr., Valiente, Cancerbero, and Cancerbero got eliminated at the same time. That was then followed by For- Forastero, Niebla Roja, Cuatrero, Sansón, El Terrible, and finally Diamante Azul. Well, to win this match, Ángel de Oro got some help from Terrible and Niebla Roja, and they are now starting planning to become a faction, and um, they're getting a lot of comparisons to the Ingobernables, which is actually not a good thing because a lot of people are kind of trashing them for being a, 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 a version of the Ingobernables. But I'm going to defend these guys because I'm going to tell you something. I think as a version of the Ingobernables, 
if you compare these guys to the Ingobernables as workers, Angel Dorado, Niebla Roja, Terrible as a trio blow away every version of the Ingobernables by a long shot. Like even with Sombra on it, they're a way better trio. Like once they're once they start teaming up, they're gonna be a way better trio. Just because Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja are a really good tag team, and you add Terrible, who's a very good worker, they're already better. I think the the one thing I would say the only time I thought they were when Rush and Sobro as a tag team were excellent, but then you have La Mascara and La Mascara, they the, the, that trio kind of stuck to the same routine. Um, and I unfortunately I think that's the, the problem. They're gonna end up doing the same thing that they did with Ingobernables, where they're just gonna if, if they if they let them wrestle the way they they can, and we've seen Angel Doro and Niebla Roja, even though they're getting booed, they still stick to the same work. Like they still have good like their matches are still very good. Um, I think they'll be fine like that. But if they start doing the whole thing where they have to like you know you know stall and and they're gonna brawl, then I think it's gonna drop them off a bit. Um, and I'm sure you could do brawling every so often, but it depends on who you're wrestling. I mean, if you're doing it against you know random you know technicos and it's just a beatdown, uh, or or you're doing it against a Rudo group that isn't very um, very good, like the hijos del infierno, then you're not gonna be that impressive. Um, but if you're doing it against like the the girls or the or, or like a, a strong technical group, I think it'll be fine. Um, I do think that the bad thing is that they're going to be compared to the Ingobernables, um, and they're, none of these guys is the level of charis- has the level of charisma as Rouge. Um, Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja on their promos have been far stronger lately. Um, they've actually been very good at it, actually, but, but I don't think they're at the level. At, I actually think they do a better job of being... Um, in Gobernable than um, Mascara ever did. Mascara was always like, you know, I'll do whatever I want. And then like one one minute he was doing that and then the next minute he's being very friendly and stuff like that. These guys at least come across like they're they're trying to be the jerks and they're doing a really good job of it, especially um, Angel de Oro. Um, Niebla Roja still kind of gets every so often where he kind of like goes back. But I think this is a far, I think this is a faction that would be really good. But like I said, the problem is they're not going to get any help from the, the programming department because what they're going to get from the programming department is they're going to tell them, just do what the Gobernables did and that's what they're going to stick to. When this group, they should actually like let them work the way they're doing it, let them do their offense the way they're doing it and then you know, maybe throw in a cheap shot in there somewhere. Um, try to let it, like they got to develop their own style. Um, also, the other thing is I don't like the name. Terrible, Terrible Chavez, Los Terriblemente Chavez or Terrible Chavez. That is like that's not a cool name. I mean, they got to come up with something. They got to go to Blue Panther and ask him to, for for a name, and, and, because you know that that I I don't know what it is with Terrible. Whenever they give them a group, it's either TRT, um, T TCB, whatever group they name they want to give them. Um, it's always like the group the guys TGR. Um, they always give them something like that, and then um, or they go with the Terriblemente Guapos. Terriblemente, whatever, because that was TGR. Terriblemente Guapos Reyes or something like that was the was was because it was it was Terrible, um, Shocker and Ray Bucanero. So you know, I think they got to come up with something something different, something a little cooler that can can fit. You got to think about it as as a T shirt as merchandise. You got to come up with something that you could push as merchandise. And for right now, I don't think that would work. You got to come up with something a little bit cooler um, for the for the fans, and you know I think that I think they I think they'll I think they're not gonna get they're gonna get that like I said no matter what they do they're gonna catch 
heat from the fans. Um, they were already getting it. Like the, the Chavez brothers were already getting a lot of um, negative feedback from the fans. Um, I don't know why, just because they're good looking dudes, but um, they they they're they're good working tag team. I actually think they're they're really good. I actually think they're better than like as a tag team. What they do in the ring. Even like even when they were teaming with like Sobrano Jr., I actually think they they're better than the 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 Nueva Generación Dinamita. Um, I actually think with Terrible, they're probably going to be better than that group just because they're not going to be. Um, I kind of feel like NGD is kind of sticking, becoming that group where they're they're becoming stale, so they're just sticking to the, a certain move set. And the problem is they're not established enough to do that. Um, and they don't do like it's not like they're gonna do something specifically special that's gonna differentiate themselves. Um, you see, like the girls Laguneros, um, they could get away with it because Euphoria is really a really good base, and he's and he's a really good worker as a big guy. And Ultima Guerrero is a really good worker as a, on his own. And now you have Grand Guerrero, who's become a very good, um, you know, and wrestler on his on his on his own as well. Like he's he's not the he's not the level of those two, but he's still like. You know he's been able to come up with stuff that he he can he can bring into the to, to the roster, and then you have Templario also. But um, I thought that's something that I think that's the one thing I'm not really sure if um that's the big concern. The comparison to the Obernales is going to hurt them, and you know the fact that they're 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 the fans just can't get for whatever reason Lucha fans can't go past the fact that they don't like unless you're like Blue Panther type. They can't go past the fact that if you're a good-looking guy, they just group you with like Latin lover or like those type of guys. You can't be a good worker because oh, you're he he's a Latin lover or uh, 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 you know you know the type of wrestler like that that you know he's he's not that good. And I, I kind of disagree. I think these guys. I think both of them became even better wrestlers without their mask and and developing. You know, because now you get to see their faces and they have they show a lot. Like especially on Hildoro, he shows a lot more charisma without the mask. Um, you know, the whole saying about how masks cover up charisma. Um, for some guys, I would agree with that, but like. But but like certain guys could get past it, and I think Angel Dora couldn't. Angel Dora couldn't get past it with the mask, but now without the mask, he looks. He does show a little bit more of a. He shows more express. He expresses himself a little more without it. Um, then the fourth match for the Leyenda Azul um, was Ultimo Guerrero beating Euphoria to retain the Cima World Heavyweight Title. Um, this was said to be a great match. After the match, NGD challenged them to a trios title match, which UG accepted. Um, looks like Euphoria, Euphoria and Ultimo Girl are back on good ter- terms. Um, if you do not know the full story behind their, their rivalry, um, it all started because you know Euphoria was upset that Ultimo Girl cost them a sh- an opportunity to wrestle on the anniversary show because he got coronavirus and then that led to him doing a a, a, a really great informant interview where he talked about how you know ultimo girls care, carelessness in in, in 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 not taking care of himself properly led to that sh- him getting coronavirus and of course that led to the guys not being allowed not only did it um, risk the cml guys you know health but it also cost all those guys involved a match and pretty much that led to them feuding and i thought that was an awesome like you never i think that was probably the only i i would think that's the one that's been the one feud that we've gotten that is a you know based off of a a covid19 um so that was kind of amusing while they're now back together again um i think that's probably for the best just because i can't really see them um 
I can't really like. I think the only thing you could see was maybe Ultimo Guerrero teaming up with Templario and and Guerrero, Grand Guerrero, and then Euphoria finding his own trio. That would make sense. But I think for the time being, it makes more sense just to have those guys together. Um, down the road, you could probably do that. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 what we got out of this. Like I said, I, I wanted to go through the the land azul, and as as you noticed, I I was able to throw in some of the news that's going on based off of those matches or you got some news out of it because now we get the continuation which is like now the the next event which is happening on December 25th which is the Copa Junior VIP they made a, they announced two matches of course Guerreros Laguneros defending the CML World Trios titles against Nueva Generación Dinamita um, again I'm I mean, to pay for that, to watch them, a, a trios match like that, I'm not really sure, especially because you know CML at some point is going to put that on, on one of those um, TV tapings and put it up on their YouTube channel. Um, and honestly, the way these guys in CML are working right now, they're working at a very similar, um, you know, very repetitive style. And, you know, it's become very, um, very easy to watch something they might have posted for free on their show on their YouTube channel, and then it's pretty much the same thing that they're doing on on that show that you're paying to watch. Um, the Copa VIP Junior, the Copa Junior VIP um, participants were announced, and they are Mystico, Caristico, Mephisto, Sobrano Junior, Star Junior, Stuka Junior, Nero Casas, Felino, Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja, Atlantis Junior, and Tiger using the name Felino Junior, which will be the first time he uses that name in CMLL. Um, that should be fun. Um, I mean, honestly, it's another tournament, and it's a lot of the same guys that you already see. So, um, unless they mix it up a bit, and that's the trouble, they're probably not going to mix it up a bit. Like, imagine if you debut Felino Jr. in this and he wins. That would be freaking great. Because then, like, you could do him versus um, Sobrano Jr. or something like that. And that would be so much better than, like, what's most obvious that's going to happen is going to be Caristico or Mystico going to the final against Niebla Roja and Angel de Oro. And then they probably set up a tag team title match for January. That's what's going to end up. I think that's more likely to happen um, than anything else. Um, or Nero Casas reaching the final. I don't see like, like I don't see them like debuting Felino Jr. and him suddenly being elevated um, just because it's CMLL and they don't do that stuff. Um, but that's the next card. Um, I think that's probably uh, going to be, you know, interesting. Who knows? I haven't decided if I'm going to order that. I haven't been ordering anything. And like I said, even like it being the, we I usually don't really watch CML during the month of December just because there's nothing going on anyways. Um, so it should be, in, that. that's that's one of the, that's, that's CMLL for you. Um, I'm trying to think what other news there's been. Um, well, there's also the, the Pirata Morgan Pirata Morgan was on um, Scorpion Dorado's um, interview show, where he drives around in his in his um, in his truck, interviewing luchadors, and he was interviewing Pirata Morgan, and Pirata Morgan re- revealed how um, wrestling works, as far as stipulation matches, hair and mask matches, and this was a big surprise in Mexico because pe- luchadors usually don't talk about this. Um, I think in in the United States we're already so used to it, where we know. There's going to be a big payoff for somebody that's going to get, you know, the winner of the mass match isn't going to get what the the loser is going to get, because the loser is actually pretty much giving away his mask, 
and he's pretty much done as a masked wrestler and that really that could really affect his um what what he could charge as far as um you know you know from from other promoters not just from cml but or triple a or whatever promotion they're working for but from the independent promoters they're, they're his his pay his payoff ends up being a little bit lower or it might even stay the same but you suddenly you, the value of him isn't the same as him being masked um, depending on the wrestler this was more back then than now it's i don't think it's that's now i think wrestlers probably could get away with guys still getting paid the same amount but um but he revealed all this stuff Pirata morgan revealed all this stuff and so you know everybody had jokes you know mystico made a joke about how um how much Caristico was willing to pay him to throw, to 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 give him the Copa v, um, Junior VIP match, because uh, because he heard Pirata does that, and there were a couple of people asking how if Pirata um if Pirata um how much it costs how much did it cost to lose his eye in a match and all this other stuff, but um, Pirata called you know he let it he let it out and you know I think he's at that point where he doesn't give a crap anymore so. That became the big thing for him, and um, it was a story. And you know, I think it was more of a bigger story in Mexico than anything else. I don't think, I don't think here in the U.S. we're not that shocked about oh, somebody revealing. You know, we went through that in the '90s with the secret secrets of professional wrestling revealed. You know, when they had TV shows and stuff like that. Now it's like, you know, somebody tells you, oh, did you know so and so lost? You know, and you see that on, you know, and you know the weird thing is like in Mexico they view it as a negative thing, like. Oh, he sold the mask to Atlantis for, 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 for so and so much. He 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 lost it to him, and it's like that's how wrestling works. You know, you kind of have to have somebody. You can't just you know the whole point of lucha, the big three match, the big three stip matches. You know, mask, hair, and then title matches. And title matches don't really mean crap now, especially when when you have a promotion that has you know there's in CML there's over twenty titles within the promotion i mean it doesn't really matter so that's about it for this week um i'll probably do a post triple mania podcast after sometime in mid-december so check in check back for that one like i said that show should be fun uh, i don't know i i'm get i guess we'll have more news from from that point forward um hopefully by then we'll have more information as far as um the pandemic what's going on with that um but you know unfortunately as long i think that's the other thing like with with what's going on with the pandemic there's really not that much news as far as uh, as shows go but you know every once once in a while we get some news from like you know cm on triple a trying to do stuff like storylines and stuff like that for their shows so we'll we'll definitely do a, a post triple mania lucha world podcast and until then I will talk to you guys again soon.